episode 84, uh, season four for us, um, which is crazy to think about. It, it doesn't feel like it's been that long when you consider, you know, the first one was the, the COVID season 2020. Um, and then the second was the Cinderella story. It feels like it's right. all kind of gone by so quick. Um, and now, you know, I think this season four for this team is going to be, I'm not sure. It almost feels like a rebuild, but it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, um, like like our lineup, like you were saying earlier, um, our podcast kind of uh, is going to be a little bit of a duct tape <laughs> thing right now. Um, yeah. Kind of getting back into it, too. It's, it, I mean, it's good to be talking on the mic again, uh, but even just getting back into it is going to take a little bit, of maybe an episode or two, um, to fully be, get back into that groove that we were in. Um, but yeah, it's just it's exciting to come back and make content again, um, talk about this team that we love, even though... Seems like it, it may be one of those years where we're reminded that we're in the MLS, yeah. And um, you know, nothing, especially a lineup and a, and a consistent twenty-two is um, guaranteed or eighteen. Well, yeah, I was thinking like before when we were planning to record, and I knew that it was time to record when like over this last week we've started like text, obviously always talking, but like starting to talk more about NYCFC again and. You know, I'm sure everybody has seen across all the podcasts and especially ours, like it's it's you know, we need an off season. Not not the same way, let me not say that. Not the same way that the players need an off season, but like there is an off season um needed at some point and we typically use use this time to take it. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking about how, you know, we are, we've been around longer than some players, uh, potentially a lot of players that could be big if we do end up bringing in more guys um, before the season kicks off, which, I mean, we have to at this point because yeah, I'm not sure if, if we can field an 18 that all deserve to be on an MLS field at this point, but like we will have been around longer than probably people that are going to be big names for us this year. Right, yeah, I mean, you, you, you said it best when you said that you know we kind of needed an offseason. Um because there was just such a, a high going into last, the end of last season, um, coming off of the MLS Cup win, going for another one, and kind of having these impossible odds happen again. It was, um, you know, we were riding the roller coaster going up high, 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 and it's just that last game was such a downer that, um, you know, it was just good to mentally reset. Um, not only mentally reset, but kind of deal with all the things that we have going on in real life. So. Um, yeah, it's just it's good to get back and talking, but yeah, in terms of the the eighteen, you're right. I don't know. There's a lot of question marks going into it, um, and the biggest thing is all of the departures. Are our departures really, if if you look at it in ten years, could be NYCFC's Hall of Fame first seven? Yeah. Um, and and that's really hard to to think about, but you got you got guys like. Sean is all but gone to Toronto. Um, hey Bears is, is officially gone to Seattle. Tenor Holmes gone back home. No pun intended, or I didn't mean to rhyme, but I did. Um, Santi's officially gone. He's gone back, uh, or he's not back, but he's yeah, gone to Montevito. And then potentially getting shopped around to Bahia too. So he's just going through right. that. That. Well, I think he's been announced. Oh yeah, to Bahia. He's, he's, yeah. No, uh, to Montevito. Montevito. Yeah. Well, I know he's training with them. Um, but he's going through that, you know, city football group shuffle right. right now. And then Maxi went to racing, so it's and, and Collins is a question mark at this point. Um, 
I mean, so, yeah, we're talking about starters in the NYCFC all-time 11, pretty yeah. much across the board with, you know, absent Bear probably, and, and Acevedo as well, probably people that yeah. are the starter as the best player that we've had in that position um, over the course of, of history with this Definitely. club. Well, Santi, um, you know, really when you lose him, it's it's more the potential that he had and the glimpses that you saw, mm-hmm. um, specifically towards the end of last last season and, and the way he showed up in the playoffs. Um, the flashes that he showed were just so insane. Yeah, I mean... Losing that, that um, possibility of what he could be is, is really, really tough. But I don't know if he would make an all-time 11. I'm just saying, like, I'm thinking that playoff Santi should be celebrated in New York the way that Hoodie, yeah. Hoodie Mello is celebrated. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because, like, the the performances, I mean, even you can not argue Hey Bear for an all-time list, but Hey Bear's performances in the playoffs, two goals in two right. games, um, you know, both of which we've, we've talked about previously, you know, how they may have been easier than, you know, the typical goal you have to score, but... I mean, if you're scoring in the playoffs, yeah. you're the guy up up top at the nine, right. um, and you're getting the ball in the net. That's literally the only reason you're on the field, and you're you're doing what you yeah, need to do. Exactly. Um, but yeah, Santi. I mean, playoff Santi. Like you said, it it's more so it hurts to lose Santi because of the potential of what you know he could have done even with one more season with right, us. Yeah. I mean, he could become half a season. Yeah, he he could literally become like the next Maxi for us, but eight years younger and then go right. on and sell for, you know, Tati type money potentially if it pans right. out. Right. If it will if Tati's sale even pans out. Yeah. Um which would I mean it would be wild if somewhere halfway through this season we get a Tati dropped into our team. And not only Tati but Sands, who I think people online I feel like have a little bit of hope that that's like a real possibility. Yeah. Um, I know that the Rangers have kind of been going through the ringer on their own and they dumped a coach and then they picked up um, a new manager and he's talked like specifically to about Sands and how he knows that center back is like not his position but that there's no way to really find room for him in their midfield especially if it's in a defensive position so I don't know I mean at, at some point uh, you know playing is better than not playing even if it's right. taking a step back to NYCFC and Obviously, he's uh, an immediate starter, but then I don't know. I mean, we have to see what the Keaton-Alfredo midfield looks like this year. Yeah, my only concern with that um, would be balance. I don't know how balanced an Alfredo-Keaton midfield would would look, especially if we have, you know, not our top defender, Collins, back there to, you know, play 9-1-1 if, if things go south, so... I don't know. It's it's tough to look at. I mean, we we've, we've had some people come in um, that we'll talk about in a minute, but I don't know that you know. There's huge question marks on those people because they're not proven. Not a single one of them. Um, and the only one who we have a decent idea of, the jury seems to be against. On Tony. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, out of the arrivals, aside from Tony uh, Alfaro, Alfaro, however you want to say his name, um, the with him, I guess the story that I've at least seen online is he's coming from what was obviously, I think, the worst defensive team in the MLS last right. season, DC United. He didn't play much for them, um, but even when he did, you know, you're still getting plugged into right. the worst team in the MLS. So I'm not sure that there's much to write home about with him. I think he is like a Vuk replacement because I believe Vuk, it, 
Fook left as well, right? Or is potentially we didn't. Get, I don't out. think we resigned them. Yeah, so that could be completely wrong, but I don't believe we resigned them. Yeah, so to me, Tony pretty much just functions as a depth piece, and hey, if he comes in and he competes, that's all we can ask of him to do. Um, but uh, with our other two signings, we have you know Mitja, um, Alenich, Slovenian right back, and then uh, we have Gabe Siegel or Segal however you want to call it. I hope it's not Seagal. Seagal, yeah. Um, United States, or U.S. US player. Um, the United States of America. Yeah. That sounded yeah. like cop talk. See, this is what happens when we make notes. It throws us yeah. off our own game. Because ty- I typically, when, we, when we're when we in the real setting, the, the studio, <laughs> yeah. like I'll have the notes in front of me and I don't look at the ones. Yeah. Um, well, we're usually like off the cuff. We don't yeah. do a ton of planning. Um if you saw us like five minutes before, we were trying to get that flag up there. That flag was giving us duct taped to nightmares. a broom, trying to prop it up against the wall, uh, and you know settled for clothespins. Um, but don't know how we got there. Talking yeah, it, about well, it's, it's good to know that season four did not eliminate uh, the waffling and the random <laughs> uh, uh, switches of topic. But yeah, um, with with Tony, I just feel like. I feel like we've been through this before. I feel like we had uh, a center back that we signed from DC United before, and he turned out to be a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. And so that's just that's that's my uh, sort of PTSD going through this, um, and, and also the fact that we don't have a true number nine. I know that Talas wants to be a number nine. He's shown that he can play number nine at least in, in the sense that he can score goals from there. Um, I just don't know. I don't personally think that he's going to be played like a true nine all season. I think he, I think he'd be a false nine. Well, I think the the hope amongst the community is that like we're going to be bringing in a DP nine or a DP cam. One of the two things have to happen. I don't think. I feel like that's copium. But think, that, that, yeah, personally. But I just I don't I can't I can't imagine that Gabe is the the nine solution. No, I think that they're fully on the Tala's uh, train. I, f- I feel like they think that they have him in the building and he can operate as a false nine um, who can kind of get the ball and distribute it, but also make those runs forward, to, um, you know, get the ball out to Tiago, who's going to obviously be trying to take advantage of his pace on the wings um, and kind of have this, you know, it's almost like, Honestly, the way that I play FIFA, where I have somebody who's kind of just up there to receive the ball and play it to the wingers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and GP and, and Tiago are just completely two different players. So you can give it to GP and um, he can kind of switch with Talas and become that winger. And he, and you know, um, GP becomes that number nine. And then you just have Tiago making runs constantly. I think it would work. The problem is the imbalance in. The midfield makes it so that you can't really trust those long balls to Tiago. That mm-hmm. would be needed to take advantage of Tiago. Well, I think we're going to need, you know, if we're looking to really uh, make a similar splash to what we've done in past seasons, we're going to need a few standout season-long performances from a few key players. Um, and if if we are not making any moves uh in terms of a number nine and Talis is just getting moved there, um, then we are in a position where we're forced to start either Tiago or Matty on the wing 
Um, I think everybody would make the assumption that Tiago would be the guy, at least for the beginning of the season, to see if it's working out. Right, and, it's his spot to lose. Yeah, and if we're if we're to perform, you know, the way that I think a lot of us expect NYCFC to perform, and as we have in the past, um, we're going to need a big season from Tiago, because I think we've seen a lot of question marks with him in the past. He's he's sort of been just a sub player. Um, but since the start of his NYCFC career, when he had you know such an explosive beginning, um, I think we've all expected a lot more from him. So hopefully there'll be growth there. And then I think the other key person is going to be Keaton, more so maybe than anybody else right. in the eleven. Um, more than I think Tales proving that he can do the nine because, like you alluded to, if the delivery is there, um, he, he kind of has to work on finishing. But I think that comes with maturing. You know, I right. think maybe we forget that Tales is nineteen years old. Um, so the finishing will come, but I think Keaton is now, if we don't make a cam DP move or we don't make a big money move in the midfield, he is our, he's like our new maxi. He is going to have to play that role. Right. Uh, and he's going to have to play a bigger role because he's got to occupy the nine, but play a 10 mm-hmm. and, and kind of be bold. That's the only way that I can see it working with his current skill set. I mean, I could be wrong, um, but also you're going to have to probably not see O'Toole as left wing back anymore, in my opinion. Um, if you're playing in a system where Tiago's going to be making runs up that left side, you can't commit to guys if your defense isn't as strong anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I, mean, you could, I mean, he may do it and he may trust it for a while, but we may see like a two, three game um, really bad goal conceding record. Yeah, well, I think the, the thought behind Keaton, and I feel like we probably feel the same, is a lot of his like underlying underlying stats and like the analytics that you'll see online say that he is like like there's no reason he shouldn't be like starting on the national team or fighting for like a spot yeah. but i think in practice like when you are watching it live and stuff it typically doesn't feel like that's happening so it's a really weird disconnect um but i think we've always been pretty pro keaton um but a big part of it um you know not only for the sake of the team but like for the sake of himself like staying healthy it's going to be a massive thing and it sucks because it you know it's not something he can help right that was going to say that is it almost sucks to bring up the fact that he he hasn't been healthy because it's not his fault yeah you know it's kind of um you know whatever issue he's had with with you know whatever it's thick thick blood blood clots and things like that did you see the training photo today oh with that uh, scar on his leg nasty scar yeah i wasn't sure so we Upgraded the setup a little bit. We had to give you guys something um, since we're running these desktop streams um, where we could show you what we're looking at. But uh, this scar on Keaton's leg is so gnarly. And I can't even zoom in on it. But like, and I believe since he had it, this isn't the same leg that he had it on as the first time, right? Or if it is, I don't know. I think that's just a compound of of scar or if he has one on each leg but like that is gnarly and i can't imagine you know what that might do like confidence wise like having a like there's a constant reminder of like what he's probably been through right um twice now and then having to see it too it's just i I think from him he is gonna be like the key obviously the key to our midfield i'm not i'm not at all concerned about Morales and what he's able to bring, Alfredo, what he's able to bring to us. Yeah, I, I think um, first, while, while we were looking at the Twitter, um, I did want to say today that the admin definitely needs some glasses 
Um, I don't know how you didn't know that that was Jason uh, next to Do you Mal- think it is? Yeah, 100%, without a doubt. There's I don't know. No, to, to me, There's I, no argument that it's not Jason. I, I did see GP in, in that, That's bro. Jason's head. Is that, though? Like, you have to look at how yeah. long the hair is, dude. He's a, he like, he's a hairy dude. All right. Pause. But is that, like, I feel like he, it's like the slick yeah, back, him. like, coming back, like, over the back of his head, like, when Tati would have nah, long hair like that. He has it, like, where it's tapered off in the back like an arrow. It is know. what it is. I just, I did. And it needs, uh, need, it needs a ga- uh, glasses. See, I did really try to go and, like, really hit the investigative, and I was like, all right, orange cleats. I ran back through, and I was trying to look at the people that walked in with orange cleats. And to be fair to your point, um, Jason did have a little bit of orange on it. So you could be right, um, but I'm just not sure. I, to me, it did look a little bit like GP. I thought it was Tony for a minute GP? just because, yeah. Him and Jason have a similar build. Okay. I mean, they don't have both... the same hair. I guess not. I mean, but also see... I'm I'm remembering GP with the with the blonde hair. And I don't think he has it anymore. No, nah, that typically only comes around October. When it matters. When... <laughs> when it matters and it puts stress on us. <laughs> when uh, when the team's having a way stretch at the end of the season, and then uh, they find like bleach at CBS or something. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then you, bored. <laughs> you find that one percent Skip Bayless in you, and you're like, why? Why is this happening? Um, um but yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, uh, I, I think have no idea where we were in this uh, whole thing. Aside from Keaton, I guess being the key is what we were thinking. Um, really, to our midfield, obviously, um, the story for me of the arrivals that have sort of worried me. Tony aside, because I don't imagine him being uh, a big player in the team, and they prove me wrong, please. Um, but with Alenich and Segal, I hope that both of them are gonna get you know a lot of minutes. I could see Alenich potentially being a starter. I think it's his job to win because um, I don't think we're married to Tavon at right back. Um, and we can show what we believe to be probably our best lineup in a little bit. Um, but it's just so much youth at this point. Yeah. With with Gabe at 21 and Alenich at 18, we let That's we let Collins, a vet, um, a vet in terms of age and time in the MLS go. We let Maxi, a vet in terms of age and time in the MLS go. And Sean, same deal age right. and time in MLS go and I'm not sure who at this point is like the old guy that you know is Hey Bear too Hey Bear was a you know for everything he room. is as a player locker room like vibes 100% through the roof he's the guy yeah. and we let all these players walk and I'm not sure now who is going to function as well, that Alfredo is kind of he's very he's good. older He's good at keeping others in check, but he also needs that guy to keep him in check. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you yeah. kind of you wonder who's going to be the, the guy that keeps him in check. I mean, maybe if it truly is just Keaton and Alfredo, Alfredo, or um, sorry, Keaton can get on Alfredo's ear and, and be able to talk him down because they've got that relationship now. Um, or hopefully by the start of the season, or maybe towards you know the the first third. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think. Alfredo is clearly the guy. Alfredo and Chanel are going to be the leaders. Um, but, yeah, Keaton, Keaton needs to get some bark in him, too. And that's that makes me think of one question we have. Um, now that we know Sean is gone, and I just thought of this, that creates a captain vacancy. Um, yeah. And I think 
that I'm not sure that Chano plays enough time, depending on what ends up happening with the uh, the lineup. I know I know that Cushing typically likes to go with that um, five two three, or you could call it a uh, three four three, um, whatever it is. But if if Chano is not going to be slated to start and play a ton of minutes for the entire season, I don't think you can responsibly give him the armband or you have to pick like a second guy that is regularly going to function as the captain um and i was just wondering what your thoughts are of the Clearly guys that we have right yeah that's me without too. a doubt and um it's funny because we we kind of thought it should be him when it was when it was up last time yep and he was new mm-hmm. um it was his first it would have been his first season right I and i do i do genuinely believe game one we're seeing um alfredo Starting in with the armband, um, damn. And I think at that point we'll probably—I mean, it's just a prediction of mine. I, th- I think that we'll probably see Chano come on for the second half, and he'll get the armband for the second half. Okay. So if Chano is on the field, he is the captain. But otherwise, it should be Alfredo. You think? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt, just seniority, um, seniority, and and what Chano has given to the club. It would be very hard on him not to give it to him. Yeah. You know, he's earned it. He's brought us to a championship. He was every bit of that championship that Collins was, that uh, that Castellanos was, um, and, and that Maxi everybody was, and everybody yeah. else. So, um, you know, it, it would be very, very hard on him not to give him the armband. Mm-hmm. But I don't see him as a, as a 100% every game starter because he wasn't last year, and he's older now than he is obviously last year because that's how time works yeah and i think with bringing in elenich um and we can get into you know what our best lineup is um and you know this is pretty much it here and you know we say all that about chano and you know he does end up in that middle center back spot um i'm not sure who else if cushing is running his three four three or you know five two three whatever you want to call it um how you fit I don't know how you fit a third center back in without it being Chanel. Um, but I, I think this is it. I mean, it would, it, would there be any changes that you would make to this? Aside from arrivals, obviously, which... O'Toole, to me, doesn't start if our defense looks like that. Mm-hmm. And I say that just because it's too... It puts too much pressure on that back line. And realistically, if you have Andrade, who is... I mean, last last season he did show that he can come back, but he really doesn't. I don't think he prefers to. Mm-hmm. I think he was kind of doing it because he was fighting for a spot. Um, I would prefer Malt there, um, just just unless unless you throw um, a Matty up there on the left wing instead, then you can start O'Toole because you know Matty's going to get back. Yeah. Um, well, I think we've had conversations that when it comes to left back, and it's funny because. It relates so much to when we had Goody in Malde, um, that like Goody was right the attacking left back that we had, and Malde functioned as the defensive right. one. And it was you know you would plug people in, um, depending on the situation, but then that often left a big gap either attacking or defending with who you had in. Um, and I think we're now in the same situation where yeah. O'Toole getting forward. I think we had a stretch of a month or so. You know when we played in the. Uh, what was it against the Liga MX team? The two champions play. Uh, Campione, yeah, Campione's Cup. And then against the Red Bulls when he played, you know, 100 minutes 
on a Tuesday, and then he played right. 100 minutes on a, a Saturday or a Sunday, um, back-to-back and was a stud in both games. Um, and really, I think where his game is strong, at least currently, and you know he can definitely develop over over time, but is attacking. And Malde is for sure that defensive right. guy when we need him. Definitely. I just see, um, you know, I could definitely see a situation where we may have to, to rock a four back. I just don't know who else we plug in the midfield. Yeah. Well, so if we look at, I think we have some subs here. Um, and it makes it look funny. But, you know, the, the, these are our other players. We have Hack just signed to a deal. So, um, I mean, you, you can almost see... Collins gone. Uh, a, like a 4-3-3 type of scenario where you don't put so much pressure on that back line and you kind of don't play so offensive and you play Hack in the midfield. Yeah. Or, realistically, what I honestly see is you take um, our that new right back out, you plug Gray there, um, and you, you swing Chanel out to that right center back, and right in the middle you have Hack kind of operating as a, a CDM that's dropping back to be a center back, but mm-hmm. really being that guy, that Collins role that takes the ball, brings it up, can play multiple positions, um, and is really the guy that's driving the ball. That I could honestly see that happening. And I think that is... You know, kind of the type of player that Hack, I think that's the kind of player that Hack likes to be. I mean, we we had a pretty uh, good relationship with being able to see Hack play in person. Um, being from Connecticut, um, right. he came and he did that loan stint at Hartford Athletic twice, actually. And we did get to go down to the stadium not far from us and watch him live. And he is, when he gets the ball, and I know this is like a big pet peeve of yours, is whenever a player receives the ball, like looking forward or backwards, like if they're always receiving the ball and then they're looking backwards. That typically bothers you. And Hack yeah, is very much bothers. Yeah, <laughs> like every time we watch a game and like if a goal is needed, you know, if it's nil nil or we're we're Even down. If it's not if the game just started and the ball goes <laughs> yeah. backwards. It just it is a pet peeve. It's like why is he looking backwards every yeah. single time? Um, but Hack is a guy that receives that ball, and I think he he does a great job of scanning and always looking for the forward pass before he plays it back and. You know that's something that obviously we need with the the people that we've lost. Right. Yeah. But there's a lot of there's it has to be mentioned there's a lot of hack haters out there, a lot of them. Oh, for sure. And there's they more, were they more were hack haters today. than there are truthers. Yeah. And I don't understand why. I mean, they, they thought he played well when he needed to in the playoffs. He had a couple of questionable plays, but he's a he's a kid being thrown into a position that he's obviously very much not used to mm-hmm. um, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt 100% of the time uh, and if if I'm starting uh, a lineup week one I'm definitely going gray uh, out at right wing back and, and hack in the middle like I said um, I don't think there's any other way to play it the 4-3-3 no no with this exact formation everybody except I plug uh, gray with the right wing back and then, yeah, Hack right here. Hack kind of in the center back role playing the ball forward. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's another one where when we talk about players that need to have a, a big season, you know, it's going to be Tiago, um, it's going to be Keaton, and then, you know, we know that uh, Cushing loves Hack. We know that. Yeah, I just, I would imagine if, if Chano has only 45 minutes in him, which I believe is the truth, maybe 60 minutes, 
I mean, that's you, what he you had. Want it, you want it on the tail end, not in the beginning. Yeah. You know, you want Hack to kind of be up, be in there, but put the ball forward, get us a lead, and you bring Chanel in to close it out. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, that's the best way to do it. Um, but I'm just an American dude. Yeah. I mean, do you have any? Do you have any players in mind in the lineup that you don't have any worries about? GP. GP. I guess. Uh, Tiago Martins would be another one for me, and Alfredo. Tiago Martins. I wouldn't say I have no worries. Okay. And, and I, I love the dude. I think he's proven himself to be a great defender, way better than we thought he was in the first oh, yeah. couple of weeks. Every Nobody thought he was. But I do think he, he has now. errors in him that just occur. Yeah. And, um, and I think Tiago is a huge question mark because he has to evolve. He can't just be that one one dimensional player um, that he's been for so long. He really does have to evolve, and this is the year that he has to prove it and quickly because there's people behind him wanting wanting that position. Yeah, um, and then I guess we know that Keaton will have a good baseline, but the question mark is whether he will take a massive step. Right, and that's consistency and um, you know being on the on the lucky side of his body cooperating with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, we say it all the time, he's as big as a tree. He needs to win those headers in midfield way more. Um, and I could be a donkey not looking at the stats, and he's like 99 for 102, <laughs> yeah. you know. But it just seems like when the ball goes to his head, he doesn't win it. Yeah. Um, well, that's what we said. It's like all all his underlying analytics make him look like the best, you know, one of right. the best midfielders that, uh, that the U.S. has. But... It, it often doesn't feel like that when you watch right. live. And I'm not sure what causes that, um, but, you know, it's something that's real. Yeah, I'm just, I'm really, honestly, um, out of everybody in this team, I'm most excited for Tales and Barraza. Those are the two most exciting pieces of this team. Um, and I don't think many people are excited about Barraza, but I'm genuinely, like, I'm gassed for him. Mm-hmm. I'm gassed that he's got to this point where he is... Unless he loses the job in in preseason, he is the the locked on starter, mm-hmm. and I think we're better we're a better team when he's playing the ball out of the back. Um, we're we're just a better team, I think, with Barraza. Yeah, and that's no hate to Sean. I think Sean did a job, and he was our captain. And he was great for the team for so long, and probably he, I don't know if he makes it, but he's in the list of Hall of Famers for us. Um, I think the two... But Barraza just gives us something different. Yeah, I think... um, And maybe we can deep dive on Sean a little bit. And we talked about him a little bit before we recorded the episode. um, Because we saw a tweet come out from, you know, somebody that is considered pretty... uh, Pretty knowledgeable or reputable in the... Yeah, credible in the Toronto community. um, Saying that Sean's basically done. So at this point, we're considering, you know, that to be the truth. So that we're not behind the news. Um... But I think that those two penalty saves to you know ultimately uh, win us an MLL Cup or an MLS Cup, and then the penalty save against New England as well. Right. I don't. I don't know. Hall of Fame moments. Yeah, I mean, you we we simply don't have a cup without Sean. If if Sean's not on the field, um, we don't have a cup for right. sure. Um, and there's a lot. Of, every player on the field, the same thing goes for them. Um, but I think you know he made a pretty big. A, a pretty big splash and obviously got the MLS Cup MVP too. I mean, as a goalie, right. that yeah, is... That's insane Has to that do. ever happened before? I'm not sure. Probably. Um, But, you know, definitely our best keeper to date. And it does suck to see him go. 
but I think you're right that you know we've always been pretty pretty so-so on Sean. We know that he's he was sort of functioned definitely early season, like you know April Sean and and uh, March March April May Sean was essentially like hey if you reel. if you need a highlight reel yeah um if you come need, play me if you need an <laughs> argument transfer. in your contract negotiation yeah and you play Sean this week yeah you know that you got the bargain the number chip. the number's going up for you yeah um because he would you know a lot of stunners would get scored on him and you know unfortunately there's not much that most goalkeepers can do if if a Pozuelo tucks it off the crossbar upper 90 um but I think you're right that Barraza, when it comes to distribution, we tweeted, we went back, we've been going back and forth with people on Twitter, um, you know, this whole time that we've been absent on the podcast. That's obviously the place to be um, if you're trying to hear from us. But um, I think we're a better team distribution-wise when Barraza's on the field. And I like the energy that he brings. Um, I think back to the Open Cup games that he started. He also saved a penalty um, in one of the Open Cup games. Uh he had a rough a rough go against Red Bulls when we got knocked out, um, but that is a game you know with too much emotions involved or involved for a guy that's playing, let's call it his fourth start for the team, trying to prove himself. Um, and I think a lot of us didn't even expect Barraza to start in that game because we thought at that point Ronnie should have bailed on you know having your B side play right. for a whole tournament as if we're in Europe or something. Um, when you get to the rivals in the quarterfinals of the Open Cup, right. hey, let's plug in the big dogs to right. like, to finish the job. Like there's a trophy on the line, um, and that was probably one of the few oversights that we probably think Ronnie had. Right. But Barraza, I'm like you said, I'm excited to see him go. Super excited. If he if he wins, like if if this is a win for him and like he wins this job, um, that's amazing. I think it'll be a great story yeah. for him and and for us. And it's one of the few few guys, I mean, I know O'Toole's kind of um, made his way into this into this team, um, but it's very, very hard for somebody that gets drafted in the Super, super Draft to make our team. Mm-hmm. It's historically been that way. Um, and so to have two guys in there, have a couple of academy guys in there, um, it's just an amazing look for us. It's an amazing look for the team, uh, for the for the league, yep. and for our ownership, and um, kind of this post Reina supercharger we've been on <laughs> post arena yeah i had to slip that in there yeah well we can't you know we can't not, elaborate too much there's on not that. enough it's, time in the yeah. world to talk about you know claudio, everything that's happened yeah claudio reina and and the world cup i mean we haven't we we had plans yeah. to talk about it and then it didn't you know the way that everything went with the men's national team and stuff it it didn't feel like there was enough to write home about and i don't yeah. think we're definitely passionate about the the men's national team um especially in big tournaments and stuff, but it doesn't quite feel the same, at least for me, when yeah. it comes to how I feel about NYCFC. So, it, you know, I didn't think we had much to offer. Right. And for me, when it comes to the national team, it seems like something I yell about in a group chat, and that's really where it should stay. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like I have a lot of energy for it. Obviously, it's national pride. Um, but at the same time, I watch Mexico play, and I want them to win too. And, and a lot of U.S. men's national team fans would tell me that I'm wrong for that so you know I've got a lot of love for them I want them to do very very well in this World Cup well, when you have you have some Mexican in you I don't know if that's wrong yeah. to say or the okay. that, I mean that's still it <laughs> I don't know if that's the appropriate way to <laughs> say that it sounds <laughs> but you do it sounds like a pause but 
<laughs> I wasn't even thinking of it. Just, I just meant like, you know. You're, you I have, just thought you were saying that under the chair, maybe, there may be. Nah, but you have Mexican heritage, is right. what I'm trying to say, yeah. um, to some degree. The, it's, it's the in, percentage. It's in my blood. We're not sure. The percentage is out. out but uh, he, he has the red Canelo beard, so we give him yeah. a pass. Um, but what actually, I think that's one of the cool things, and this is the last thing I'll say about Tony Alfaro, um, is that he's Mexican, and I think uh, we haven't had representation um, f- for, like, the Mexican national team or all of, right. like, the people that are Mexican national team fans and NYCFC fans. Um, right. Not that I think Tony's going to be a big part of it, but it's cool to see right. a guy, you know, think of all the, the Peruvian fans that we gained from Collins, and, you know, he's obviously right. a superstar. Well, we've us. had a, a big Mexican following. Yeah, so now we have general. a guy, so, you know. Um, which I, I'm, not, I'm not sure... Um, you know what type of Hispanic Braza is? Mm-hmm. I believe yeah. I, I was I knew it, but I not yeah familiar. I'm not sure. But um, you know it's it's nice to have representation like you said from from all types of of areas. Well, it brings new fans in. I think yeah, and it's cool. It's cool to do that. Like I said with Collins, you know, we we probably have an army of uh, Peruvian NYCFC fans that were, uh, you know, got brought in only because of him. And obviously right. with Brazilian, the same thing happened because we went full. NYCFC Brazil. Yeah, like we went we went full like Brazilian mafia. And for that, you know, some people will just come for those players, but there's a big right. or a percentage of them that are going to stick around. And, you know, this is how you, you build a fan base. And especially when the players are good, right. it, it helps. So, um, uh, it, Well, it's funny, too. We, we just kind of got off on a tangent there. But like you were saying, there's, um, there's a million things to talk about that have happened. Um, new stadium announcement um, <laughs> imagine ground, groundbreaking 40 minutes in having I know, touched on the stadium <laughs> groundbreaking uh, on that um, you know things happening in, in terms of us finally getting a home uh, and, and even with all that you got the Gio Reyna uh, Reyna yep Burhalter, uh family two family mafia heads it could be a 30 for it. 30 if, if they wanted um, you got the national team you know going out could have done better. Um, you've got the World Cup coming up in our home nation, mm-hmm. you know, in, in combination with Mexico and Canada. Um, all of these things, and um, we're just happy to get back on the mic, get any type of content out there because um, at the end of the day, this is what we love doing. Um, honestly, I, I can't tell you how many times I wanted to hop on the mic and just kind of talk again. Yeah. And so I, I feel like even right now we're we're kind of back in the groove of being able to get our ideas out there, being able to, to say what's on our mind. Um, and, you know, it's like a drug. Yeah, well, I think, you know, as we get closer to the season, obviously we talked a lot last season about how we do our typical um, off-season leading up to the season. We try to bring guests on regularly to talk to people. Um, so I'm not sure of what the cadence is going to look like yet, but, you know, we always tell you guys about the short list we have of, of past yeah. uh, guests and new guests that we've never had. Um, and I think the list always grows the more – that we even, I mean, we would bring a regular dude on that tweeted yeah. at us, you know, that was that's an NYCFC fan. That's the biggest part about following us on Twitter is um, we really get very personal and close with people on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I think the group chat is the coolest thing yeah. that has ever happened, you know, aside from like winning the cup maybe. The right. coolest thing that we've ever been involved with of you know, NYCFC is that group chat. Like, right. The infamous, it's so cool. infamous night when the a, hey, hey, hey Bear yeah. popped in there and was... Yeah. That was crazy. That um, was when, uh, you know, Philly lost two world championships <laughs> in one night. 
He was and and hey bugging. bear, yeah, hey he bear, was bugging in there. Hey bear had to drop in the chat and uh, you know, speak his mind on the Philly boys. And if, if he was uh, it was like Heineken sponsored him for the night, but not with the NAs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he was not drinking NAs. No NAs. <laughs> with what he was sending in the chat. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's it's great to get back and we're we're finally gonna get um situated our our new studio i know we talked a lot about it uh at the end of last season but life happens yeah um, we're kind of managing this this uh new life and lifestyle and um i think we've got a pretty good grasp on it now and just going forward getting the studio done getting content back out um, back to our normal schedule and um, just looking forward to getting content out to you guys so that's that's really what makes us happy so yeah i, I think Maybe we could, like, briefly touch on the stadium, but uh, I feel like we have a different relationship with the stadium and stadium news being so far from New York, you know, being a Connecticut podcast and yeah. stuff. Um, and I think, you know, for our sake, uh, I kind of enjoy that it's farther out because I think that gives us more time to get closer to the stadium in terms of, like, where we're living. Um, so in that way, we're winners. And I think in that way, you know, congratulations, to all NYCFC fans, right. um, everybody that's been around from the start, this is obviously a massive win. You know, congratulations to Chris Campbell, who I think has been by far and away the leading uh, reporter, um, news gatherer. You know, literally digging through, he was digging through stadium documents to the point um, this week where he found out that we're gonna have some kind of kit with, like, in collaboration with the city um, and the mayor this season, and we don't know to what capacity yet it's gonna be if it's gonna be a third kit maybe a one-off game kit or just a pre-game but like the dude is literally in the trenches yeah out in wisconsin or wherever he is now you know finding these things online so you know obviously a massive a massive win and i think well if, if he is we'll out in closer. wisconsin i mean there's really that uh, that explains why he's what got are you gonna time do? Yeah. to dig you know, like, <laughs> yeah. outside yeah. of physically digging in I mean, your backyard yeah. Yeah. Speaking, of, I wish I could. I wish it was Minecraft. I wish we could just build a train from our backyard yeah. right to the stadium. Yeah, uh, we'd be there every week. But yeah, I mean, I think that's one thing we're gonna try. Um, definitely more so this season. I know last season was a big step up in terms of attendance for us. Uh, maybe went to six or seven games of how many home games do we play? Fifteen. I mean, yeah. half of them when it's a city field two hours away. Can't right. be mad at that. We're going to try yeah. to keep that number the same or higher this year. Um, so hoping yeah. to meet, you know, more people in person because we've only met a few. Um, and yeah. then just getting out there, too, because um, our schedules, my schedule specifically, has normal, become normalized. a lot more normalized. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm back on human, well, human time. And with the Apple TV, now the MLS schedule has become normalized. Right. So literally every single game will be a Saturday night, I think it's at seven, right? right? Or yep. if they're on, if they're away, which won't matter, it's the West Coast or whatever time zone equivalent. Um, but you know, big rip to those one p.m. August games when you pull up at Yankee Stadium right. and there's not a cloud in the sky and it's ninety <sighs> degrees and you have your chicken bucket. I mean, you pregame by by <laughs> playing soccer on the, on yeah. the turf field above the uh, the parking garage. Or when we went to uh, Billy's that one time. Yeah. Ended up in like Bump, a Heineken photo op. And, bumping shoulders with Ian Joy. Yeah, Ian. It's just and his whole family. Yeah, yeah. You know, rest in peace. Those those one p.m. Uh, one p.m. vibes, I guess, because it's beautiful and that's something. You know, it's something special that 
all of us NYCFC fans prior to this, you know, this new next five or six years, however long the Apple TV deal is, um, like memories that we share on top of yeah. like the cup. And it's, you know, it's not always about winning. It's nice, I guess, to have some of these things. Yeah, definitely. And the only thing realistically I've heard about the stadium from the people who have been to that area of Queens mm-hmm. is that they just hope that, uh, that she said that, I hope that they don't get rid of too many chop shops because that's the best place to go get your car fixed or oh, something okay. along those lines. So if that resonates with you, we're sorry. But also <laughs> I'll take the stadium over any of that. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting. Yeah, like I said, it, you know, I, I realized when we were uh, moving um, places that, like, you want to be near the stuff not to get too deep, you know, on a MLS podcast, but like you want to be near the stuff that like makes you happy. And I was like, damn, now we know where the home of like, you know, something that obviously means a lot to both of us is. Um, so getting close to it is important, especially with like potentially having like training access at like the Etihad right. Academy and stuff. Yep. It's just like mental to think that during COVID we were like, dude, I can't keep these NYCFC thoughts just in my head anymore right do you want to like talk about them and just record them right and then we we're like yeah let's do that weekly or sooner than you know more frequently than weekly if we need yeah. to get it something off our chest we've, we've we've done it we've seen the highs and lows of the scheduling but yeah i mean it's um in season four for it's us, crazy I mean. to be in season four um i i feel like we're in season four form <laughs> yeah in terms yeah. of I'll talk to anybody. Yeah. I'll I'll talk to Ian Joy. <laughs> I'll talk to to uh, Tiago. Anybody. Yeah. I think this is a year that I want to push for, um, for more. For player interviews and stuff. Player interviews. Yeah. Um, physically speaking up at, at the press conferences. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing things with our chest. As of right now. And letting it swing. And we <laughs> we can compare this to end of season, but as of now, we have uh, one press conference question under our belt. One. So, replay this, end of the 2023 season. Right. We're going to have to do a counter. But hopefully, it'll be too high that, like, at, like, 10, we were like, all right. We yeah, can't. we're not talking. We're, we're not counting. Yeah. After 10, we're not counting. But uh, getting more, like, not, not journalists, because I don't know if that's really what I, I want to identify as. Yeah, I'm not even sure what that means. <laughs> I don't even know if America knows what that means anymore, <laughs> not to get political, but um, yeah, no, we're waffling again, so uh, definitely season four, starting off with a bang with a bunch of waffling, but um, yeah, just thank you guys for watching. Uh, there's not any NYCFC content out there right now, so um, there's no reason you should have made it this far, but um, we're back, Yep. and uh, we're, we're just looking forward to make some content for you guys. Ready for preseason kickoff tomorrow? Tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah, so... Um, not exactly sure what the schedule uh, will look like. Impromptu episode. Um, but maybe on, on Twitter we can drop our, our predictions for the preseason. Like, who will be the highest goal scorer of the team? Well, because um, it's like the Coachella thing, right? Yeah, Coachella, yeah. So, yeah, I've got uh, Boys in Blue winning. Oh, I was going to say Talas. Scoring? Yeah, he's probably our top scorer, I'd have to assume. I don't know who else could do it. GP. GP. Yeah. Keaton, I mean, nah, Keaton likes a goal or two. Knowing, knowing preseason, Tiago, it's Tiago by, <laughs> yeah. million, not, yeah. by a million dollars. by million dollars. Would you prefer preseason Tiago or playoff Santi? <laughs> uh, playoff Santi. Playoff Santi. Yeah. yeah. You got to do it when it matters. Yeah. Waffling. That's it. Um, that's, that's episode 84. 
Dude, crazy number. I, I can't imagine when we hit 100 what it's going to be like. Um, it will be this season. It will be this season, yeah. Um, and that'll do it. I mean, we'll we'll keep an eye on preseason. If, if big uh, arrivals happen or departures, I mean, I don't know who else could leave at this point, but they've been breaking our heart with yeah. no notice for weeks. So um, I don't know if we're back to weekly, but you will hear from us if big things happen. Um, and that's it. I mean, I'm excited to start season four. Do you want to take, um, not a water bet, what, what is it like? I think it's a water bet. It could be a water bet, yeah. What is that, you, like, pour water on I guess, yeah, oh, but I was okay. thinking more of the other one where they dress up. Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to do, like, shame. a money line bet where the loser has to dress up. Do you believe money line we will or will not sign another player before the season starts? Yeah, I'll set the over, I would set the over under higher. I'm just saying money line. Yes or no? I would set it like at 1.5. You think that there's going to be more potential for more than one sign? At least two. I think there has to be at least two. Right? There has to be. I'll be honest. I, if it was money line, yes or no, I'm taking no money line. Not one more player? I don't think so. <sighs> we have very different outlooks on how this season's going to go. I don't think so. So. Well, I, was, I would say two. You would say... So I guess I'll take the yes option because... One, okay. yeah. one is basically two. If you're a no, okay. If so, you're a no, that's crazy. Yeah, you follow. I don't. You, we follow NYCFC Source on Twitter. And, yeah, yeah. He's what? in the same boat as Hack with the hate thing. By the way, I'm not sure. Uh, not <laughs> sure why, because I, you know, I rock with him. I feel like he's broken a few player things, and I think probably only people listening at this point. We're not gonna get in trouble with anybody. Um, but like, he's broken a few things, and uh, yeah, I mean. I feel like he's pretty reliable, and he's mentioned that we have additional signings coming, like more than one. So uh, maybe your bet needs to be with NYCFC Source because I'm just using him as my info that there will be more. And maybe now you want to edit your thing, but you're locked in, and we have it. I am locked have in. have it on camera. And it's on camera, <laughs> and that was episode 84. Yeah. Um, follow us on any device platform that you have a podcast. We're there. Mm-hmm. Um, follow us on Twitter. Become our friend. Join our group chat, join, you know, the family, um, and and get in. The Dig family. your heels in, join the family, <laughs> and um, when will we get an Italian on NYCFC? You know, that's the next frontier for us. Uh, we get uh, next frontier. We had Pirlo. Oh yeah, we did. We had well, we the, had the, the Italian. Italian. <laughs> yeah, we had the Italian. Damn. Hey, that was another five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> See All you guys right, in well, episode eighty-four. Peace. peace.